Yo, what up, though? This is Esham, and you rocking with the Connected Experience. Yo, what up, though, man? This is Big Greg, and you rocking with the Connected Experience. This is Premier Pete, and you're rocking with the Connected Experience. Cheers. Oh, yeah, this is Jake Prince coming at you live and in living color, and you're rocking with the Connect Experience. Yo, what's up, everybody? It's comedian TK Kirkland, a.k.a. T to the motherfucking K. And when I'm in Detroit, you already know what it is. I listen to the Connected Experience. You should, too. Connected. Uh, I'm SJ. I'm AJ. And we the Connected Experience. Bro, what's the Connected Experience? We the award-winning Connected Experience thanks to Apply Excellence. Come on, man. It's a pod connection. It was a pod excellence weekend that was in Charlotte in October 2019. Yeah. Uh, e Block Radio was down there. Call yeah. You Back was down there. Yeah. The D was down there. Happy man. Pretty Actually, heavy. Yeah, it yeah. was more Detroit people, Southeast Michigan the, people. The, the anything. Everybody yeah. was looking nice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know I stay on point like Stacy Adams, so I did my thing. You yeah. were suited and booted too. I yeah. would. You know yeah. what I'm I appreciate it. You looking nice too, sir. Yeah. Thank you, man. That's how I'm supposed to look. Yeah. Uh, I've been off a little while, so I've been wearing my my clothes, my real clothes. Yeah. You know what I'm not them uh, fucking, work clothes, yeah, work yeah, jumpsuit yeah. and shit. So, uh, how you feel being an award-winning podcast host? I mean, it's a great feeling because somebody recognizes for one people we don't know yeah. in a different state. You know what I mean? I mean, they had to listen, they had to appreciate the library, and that's like what we do it for to appreciate the library. You understand what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, because this is almost over with. You know what I'm saying? We go, we go wrap this up. You know, you ready to just wrap it up? In a no, I got a lot of more people I want to talk to. So, so we got to do them all next year. Yeah, we do them all. I, it's gonna be a pretty, pretty busy 2020 for me, man. Yeah, you know me, what too. I'm so, me too. You know me too. Me too. But you got to make time on Sunday. Yeah, because yeah. it's motherfuckers who want to talk. Yeah, yeah. And it's gonna be more people. Because when you uh, award winning anything, people, people come. come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you got a word of the episode? Yeah, man, I got a word. My word is rebel, which is a person who that, right. that, that, that was ain't your word. word. Yeah. Uh, you sure? You sure? Yeah. I do these shits. I know. I said that word. <laughs> no, dog. you didn't. Okay, okay, okay. So persevering to uh, to pursue anything, undertaking, maintain a purpose in spite of difficulty, obstacles, discouragement, continue steadfastly. Okay, okay what's and your I, word? my word is uh okay. For now on, your word at the top. All right, my word at the bottom. Thank you. All right, Some structure. Yeah. yeah. So my word is rebel, and that's a person who rises in opposition or armed resistance against the established government or ruler. You know what I'm saying? It takes rebels to change anything that need to be changed. So when people wonder why, like uh, protests and stuff don't work, because you ain't you you got to be a rebel. Any yeah, you got to you got to burn that flag. You anything know that's been overthrown has been overthrown by rebels. Yeah. And so a rebel not a bad thing. It's like something that won't yeah. change that much that they're willing to put their life on the line, their money on the line. They got so much belief in that thing that they uh, put their life on the line. That's deep. That's deep. So uh, why that's the word? Man, because today we sitting with uh, my guy from Fearless Rebels, uh, Devin, and he got his homeboy Sage with him. What's going on? Fellas? What's happening, fellas? How y'all doing? What's going on? So who's who? Who's Devin? Who's Sage? So, so I'm Devin, uh, Fearless Rebels creator, Fearless Rebels lifestyle brand to be specific. Yeah. Um, got my boy Sage with me. S A G E, make sure you put the dots <laughs> in between, you know what I'm saying? Um, stand for stuck amongst good and evil, you know what I'm saying? Us is, you know what I'm saying, people that's living through life, we go through that every day. Stuck amongst um, good and evil. Our artists, you know, uh, a fearless rebels. You know what I'm saying? Cities artists or whatever. So Yeah, so how this came about, uh, of course, you know, I'm retired now. Right, but I've been in retail for a minute. She was in retail probably for about ten years, right? Uh, so through my journey, I just meet all type of dope ass people. So one of the dope ass people I met when I worked uh, at Ipsy was a female. She was pretty dope, stylist, and uh, what is it? It's 
anyway, she can make the story look good, right? Merchandise it. Merchandise it. <laughs> <laughs> pretty Retail. dope. Right. Yeah. I forget because it's not my life no more. Yeah. So pretty dope merchandiser, right? So I met her. I came to know her. When I left, I waited some time. I got in the door. I brought her with me. You know what I mean? I do that because if I feel like you work yeah, yeah. and I can put my stamp of approval on it, I do that. Well, that young lady happened to be dating this guy. Heard so much about him over the years. Used to live in Chicago, right? Yep. yep. Sure so I used to, I, I heard years. so much about him and shit, mm-hmm. right? So uh, recently uh, she called me. She said, can you do a, a, be a reference for me? I said, yeah, fuck it. You know what I'm saying? I was a reference for her. She said, you need anything from me? Now, I usually don't cash in on that. <laughs> yeah. I said, you know what? I do. Right, I, I said I, we would like to interview Stretch Money and Devin because I see Devin been running around with Stretch doing some management stuff. So I said, but I don't want to do them together. So we interviewed Stretch Money. Devin put that together, and I said, but no, we want you also because you got a story, story to tell as and well. You got a brand, and we want to highlight your brand. So today we sitting here with Devin from Fearless Rebels. Definitely appreciate it. Definitely appreciate it. So tell us about you, man. Like I know uh, Daisha, she from the East. Big East Cider. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? Big, Big East Cider. That's all she used to talk about. You know what I'm saying? We all landed up in Eastern for different reasons. I went up there because my wife went to school there. So when I got married, I just stayed up there, got yeah. a job and all of that. So when I meet all these people, nobody from Ipsy, two or two to five people from Ipsy. I met Brandon, Brandon mm-hmm. from the West Side, still my dog to this day. Right. And right. all these other guys. So tell us about you. Where you from? What side of town you from? So I'm from the West Side School Craft, SCB 722. <laughs> yeah, I had to run that down real Quick, yeah, but, um, yeah, yeah, that sounds like know. something my nigga K. Yeah, R.I.P. Mac, R.I.P. Showboat. Yeah, yeah, legends over there on the mat on yeah. on the craft. Yeah, but uh, grew up on Schoolcraft. Schoolcraft. Um, I don't know if anybody's familiar with Roller Wheels, but that was our stumping ground over there okay. on the Schoolcraft. Um, kind of grew up a little different though, man. I'm all around Detroit. Yeah. Um, parents got divorced when I was like in first grade. Yeah, live with my mom over on Schoolcraft. My dad lived over on Chicago. My grandmother lived over on Joy Road. My other grandmother lived over on Glen, uh, over on 14th and Woodrow Wilson area. Yeah. So, like, the west side is my stumping ground. Right. You know, right. I've been all around the west side all my life, spent summers in every hood. Yeah. <laughs> and I like to say, and me and my brother like to say, like, as a kid going through that, you'd be like, damn, I got to go everywhere. But mm-hmm. when you start coming up and you start, you start moving and shaking more people. and you know all of these people and you can diffuse some trouble, you Absolutely. might be the reason for some trouble. Absolutely. But you know so many people that when you finally do land something in your hands to sell, like a shirt, mm-hmm. a hat. You got so many people that support you because they remember you coming I was at, up. I was at the Comic Concert the other night, bumped into one of the cats that lived on the corner of the street. Yeah. Like, I haven't seen him in I don't know how many years. Right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He lived on the corner of my grandmother's block. It's been at least 10 years, 15 years since we've seen each other. But when we saw each other, it was a conversation immediately. Yeah. Right. But right. the relationships don't happen if you don't have... You know, if you don't have seeds in those areas, because people don't leave their neighborhoods. Like that's a real yeah. thing. Like you, you, I, I know West Side people who don't even know how to get to the East Side, just taking seven miles. Absolutely, and it stretch all the way across, and they'd be like, "What?" I'm like, "Bro, you can navigate these back streets, and you would end up on Grash it if you know Absolutely. where you're going." You know, and they like, "Nah, I'm just gonna go to the corner store." So something that you said that caught my ear. You said your parents divorced when you was in first grade. Mm-hmm. Now, do you have siblings? And if you do have siblings, where do you fall in at this? Yeah, I'm the younger brother. Um. I have an older brother. Uh, it's a crazy story. You know, a lot of the things that I do are because of him. Mm-hmm. Um, he was uh, 
a part of a company called Shrewd, which was based out of St. Louis, uh, and a, a, another guy named Ron, uh, who's in Chicago. You know, my brother was really into the music game, heavy, like super heavy. Uh, then he changed his life, mm-hmm. and uh, he moved overseas to Italy and became an ordained monk, uh, and is now uh, part of the Archdiocese of Detroit. So, yeah. That that's pretty heavy, man. How did yeah, that, you know that's yeah. How how did he? Because you said he changed his life, but no matter yeah. what he was doing to change into a monk, that's like yeah. drastic. Well, right? you know, for me, I was I've seen him since you know I've been alive, so I've right. seen the entire process. So when I say change his life, I can honestly say and speak to he changed his life because to go from the person that he was to the person that he is now, you know, is it that's a drastic only change. God could do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, period. Because monks, uh, break down what monks do and don't so do. So he's a, a monk or uh, a person that's into that is someone that's like about service. He's yeah. about helping people. He's about making sure that the good of everybody is seen the and greater helped good. and the greater good. Like you know did somebody crown you a monk though? Like, Well, you are ordained. So it's a full process. You know, so I flew over to Italy in uh, 2010 when he was ordained. Uh, in a small town called Norcia, which is about two hours from Rome. Um, and it's a full process. Yeah. Like, it's a, a whole ceremony and everything. So how long did it take him to become, from when he decided it to get ordained? He left in 2003. He got ordained in 2010. Yeah, so all that time. basically, All that time was work. studying, working, understanding, commitment, all of those things. To get there. And you say he currently what right now? So he's um, uh, with the Archdiocese of Detroit. Okay. Um, so he helps with a lot of the things around the city, works directly with some of the cardinals and some of the bishops and some of the uh, uh, people in the Catholic Church. So is a monk not necessarily Catholic, but they do work with Catholics? or is Well, that... he's uh, you have different types of monks. You have okay, Benedictine okay. monks. You have different, you know, just like the church. Yeah. You got Baptist. You got uh, Episcopalian. You got... Uh, Catholic, so you have different, um, you know, areas and different genres, pretty much. Okay, of okay. the church. Okay, okay. So, <coughs> excuse me, there we go. I coughed. I know I was, <laughs> but I've been feeling under the weather because of the weather change. So, when your parents divorced, how did you think that that affect you now looking back? Because you said you got an older brother, yeah. but, you, but did both of y'all stay? Do, first of all, y'all had the same mother and father. No, we don't. Okay. Uh, same father. Same father. Um, so we were in separate houses. Okay. Um, one thing I can say to this day is that. Me and my brother are like best friends still, though. You know, yeah. we were never kept from each other. You know, you know how it goes in the black yeah, house, yeah, man. Yeah. Sometimes uh, it be like that's that. all houses, all houses. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But because some of my white people and my Mexicans, they've been divorced to say, man. Listen, stuff. that is yeah. so true because <laughs> I can speak to a lot of scenarios in that. But from my perspective, I still remember the day that my dad was like, "Yo, when you come home from school today, I'm not gonna be here." At least I he told you, that. though. At least he told you. But that's what that's what was the factor that kept things so tight, and it never made me feel any type of way because my dad was able to tell me these things, even when I was too young to understand them. But now being 30 years old, 34 years old, makes sense. Yeah. I get it. I understand. Yeah. I always, when people talk about uh, their parents being divorced, I always ask this question as adults. Do you know your parents as adults, right? And then I say, do you understand why parents those people two too. people wouldn't stay married mm-hmm. for a long time? What people fail to realize, right? 
I'm going to just throw this number out there. Probably like 85% of people walking on earth, nobody wanted children. They wanted to have sex. And mm-hmm. that's what happened. <laughs> yeah. You feel what I'm saying? So then they believe, especially coming from a certain time, oh, if you have children, you're supposed to marry this person. Or you're supposed yeah. to stay with, stay this, with this person. Yeah. And it's but like, you didn't even no, know this right. person. Like, come on, yeah. my nigga. Well, you know, I think a lot of times is relationships, right? Yeah. You have a relationship with somebody, something happens, and then you... um conform to what the society yeah, or yeah. what people think. would think is normal right. but you have to understand in this day and age we are now you have to control your own environment like yeah, you, yeah, you're yeah. 100% in control of your environment and things you know and I, I appreciate everything that's happened in my life you know yeah. with my mom and my dad who's no longer here but okay, you know um, I appreciate every experience yeah. you know especially being able to look back and understand, you know, the things that did happen. Yeah. I can speak to those and understand, like, how things happen and why you have to be in a certain place. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm yeah. Saying? And what I was, because, like, uh, me and my wife, we got, like, a really healthy dialogue. And I was, like, uh, the other day I said, like, how do you think life would have turned out if your parents would have got divorced and my parents would have stayed together? Because we from the same street. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? But I, I moved on that street after my parents had been divorced Mm. and she was like damn like that's a really good question you know what i'm saying because i know my parents i don't Mm -hmm. know if i mean i know my dad i know my mom Mm -hmm. first of all they two gemini that'll never work they birthdays (laughs) (laughs) you feel what i'm saying they birthdays two weeks apart that'll never work right but that's what kind of shape you in your relationships as well so Mm -hmm. i was like damn what if your parents would have got divorced like because they her family from chicago so you mm-hmm. probably would have been in Chicago or something. You feel what I'm saying? Oh, dynamic changes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. everything changes. changes. You know what I'm saying? So do you got siblings from your mom also? No. Oh, no. so mom, only child. Mom's only dad, son. Dad, you know what I'm and saying? Dad, youngest, yeah. So growing up as basically an only child in the household, what, how would you say that that like, shaped and molded you after the divorce? Because you still seeing your dad, you still seeing your brother. So the only thing that seemed like that it might have changed now that we look back in hindsight is your father left the house, but mm-hmm. he informed you that he was leaving. Absolutely. So, so everything was still respectable on that type of level where you like, how can I even be mad? I, when exactly. I came home, he wasn't here. He exactly. told me that. As in some cases, a motherfucker come home and it ain't no home mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying well, so that's a big difference me. yeah they prepared me um so my mom was a school teacher okay so i didn't really have a lot of room to be playing around <laughs> yeah. skipping school doing little things like that because she knew when every break was and every holiday was yeah. you know what i'm saying so my household when i lived with my mom it was it wasn't necessarily strict but i just didn't have room to it be was playing structured around. yeah it was highly structured yeah. right. uh, i remember those weekends and those nights i was still spend with my dad so i was able to kind of bounce back and forth with no issue but then i would go to my grandma's and i'll go to my other grandmother's house so for me my family was uh, a big part of me growing up you know it takes a village yeah. you know right. what i'm saying it takes a village and i appreciate and look back and say you know i love my family for being there for that me village. and I am a reflection of my family. Yeah. So growing up with a, a parent, a primary parent who's an educator, mm-hmm. why didn't you uh, go into education, or did you? Because I don't, I don't know what. Because no. you went to college, right? Yeah, I went to Western yeah. Michigan. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I went yeah, to yeah. Western Michigan University. Um, my mom, she got her master's degree, went to Michigan State, uni- uh, went to uh, Eastern Michigan University. So she was a full blown educator, yeah. right? Speech therapist, everything. Yeah. Me, I was into all types of shit. <laughs> so, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I was 
I mean, I bought my first bottle of champagne in the club, and I was 16 years old. Yeah. Right, right. See what I'm saying? So schoolcraft, though. So. Yeah, so it was yeah. a little different for me. I didn't really take that path, you know. I did things back then that, you know, kind of molded me. You know, I got a lot of the bullshit out early. 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 Yeah. I did, yeah. flat yeah. out. So for me, I mean, I was known at Western Michigan, that city. Everybody called me city. If you, I remember one time going back up there for homecoming, and somebody called me. I'm like, yeah, I'm on my way up there for homecoming. About 10 minutes later, I got like four or five phone calls. Yeah. You on your way up here? You on your way up here? So, like, I was known as the person that was going to get shit cracking, like, all the time. Right. You right. know what I'm saying? So, for me, that route just wasn't it. I was right. always into music. I was always into fashion. I was always using my brain to be creative. I grew up playing golf. Yeah. So, I was doing different things than most kids I was my age. Yeah. And what about you, Sage? Where did you grow up at? Uh, I actually grew up in Oak Park. Uh, I started out on Puritan in Wyoming. Yeah. Then, you know, I moved around a lot. So it was like I went from Puritan to Oak Park. Then, you know, my uh, daughter's mother moved to the east side. So I was yeah. on Seven Mile and grass shit for a second. Then moved back to Oak Park and, you know what I'm saying, stuff like that. So I'd be pretty much like all over. Okay. Yeah, and did, uh, did you go? Did you attend college as well? I went to WC3 for like a second, but I ain't never really been like the school the school cat. You know what I'm saying? I, I went there for a second, though. I never finished nothing, no nothing. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I like got I, a degree you can borrow if you need it. Nah, that's facts. That's facts. Um, but I, I was really pushing with the music, like even before I met City. Um, you know, like I would stay in the studio. I used to go to the Greenfield Plaza down the block. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I would be in the studio, you know what I'm saying, just standing there and just working on music and just. Rest in peace to cop. Facts, yeah, yeah. Rest in peace, Cabo, man. He really took me in when I reached me. You know what I'm saying my hard yeah. times, and you know my family couldn't really do nothing for me at the time, but you know he took me in and made sure I was well, I was right. So what 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 drove you to music? Like what what um, what I, song did you hear that you looked and you said this is my song? I want to do this, man. Listen, let me tell you. So uh, just in music, I come from a family of music. You know what I'm saying? Like my cousin. My cousin, um, <clears throat> Tyron, you know, he was signed to No Limit or whatever. Uh, I, uh, you, you know look Vince. familiar. You know Prince Vince? Uh, he used to manage Tyron. He used to go with Tyron Mama. He used to live in Oak Park. Matter of fact, yeah, he used to live down the street from Blade. You feel what I'm saying? But he's a he's a Puritan, Dyla Park. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 you know but he saying? used to manage Ronnie mm-hmm. when Ronnie was signed to No Limit. Oh, yeah. You know, that's probably a part of the story. I never even heard from him. You know what I'm saying? But, um, yeah, he... He would do music a lot, you know what I'm saying? And um, so, like, I would always, like, be around him when doing music and all that other stuff. When I knew that I wanted to really want to start doing it is um, just coming up, man, I used to walk, like, everywhere. Right. Like, I'm talking, like, from 8 Mile to Beach Daily and 8 Mile to Greenfield to Beach Daily and 8 Mile. Like, I, I would just walk, you know what I'm saying? And I, <laughs> yeah. I had my headphones on to school. I'm not getting no ride. I'm not catching no buses. I'm walking, you know what I'm saying? So... Um, the two artists I always listened to, you know what I'm saying, was always Stretch Money and Big Hurt, which is crazy, you know what I'm saying, for me to link up with Stretch, Stretch Money, Money now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I tell them the story all the time, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, uh, get that dough, you know what I'm saying? It yeah. uh, takes money to make money, like, just listening to that and just the the lyrics in it. That's how I knew I wanted to be that type of artist for sure. Right, yeah. right. I wanted my, my music to have substance, you know what I'm saying? I wanted to be saying something. I don't really want to get on here and... You know what I'm saying? Just popping around and right, right. You, know you want to you wanted to uh, make a make your music make a point. So once you discover that you want to do music, then like like when was the first time like you can remember being in an actual studio? Like uh, it was actually Cobb Studio, uh, Greenfield Plaza, and um, I think the first record I did it was over. I don't know if y'all familiar with it. It was Drake's King Leon beat. 
It's a very, very old beat, but um, that was the first freestyle that I actually did. So, and, you, and I so actually, you just started rapping in the 2000s, like, <laughs> like. Well, no, the thing that was my first time being in the studio. studio. Okay, okay, you know yeah. what I'm saying. But way before then, before you was I was your just, skills. Yeah. I was just writing in notebooks and all that other stuff. You know what I'm saying. My homeboy, um, his parents had a house right next door. It was a house that they also owned, but it was abandoned or whatever. But, you know, the lights and stuff was on. So I will stay in there, you know what I'm saying, more so with him. And I'd just be hitting the books and just listening to beats and just going. And I didn't have no place to record. I didn't know about how going to, going to record. Right, right. But yeah. when I started rocking with my cousin, that was Tyron, that was going to Cobb Studio or whatever, that's when I was able to actually get in there, you know what I'm saying, and get, now, and get Y'all stuff keep out. mentioning uh, Cobb. Who, who, who is Cobb? So Cobb owned the studio. Yeah. Um, for me, I worked in two studios uh, when I was rapping. You yeah. know, that's how I kind of got going. That's how I got my my juice. Yeah, I worked with Helliver and I yeah. worked with Cobb. Okay, um, I would go to Helliver when I needed to record and get some specific things done. But when I knew I just needed to jump in the studio immediately, yeah, I'll call Cobb. Yo, Cobb, I need to get in there real quick. Whoop de whoop. And the crazy story looking back is. Sage was there one time when I did a uh, a session. Yeah, with A Dub, A Dub the God, with A Dub from Finally Famous. What's yeah. up, A Dub? I ain't seen you in a minute, boy. Um, and in hindsight, now me and him working together so closely, yeah. it's just crazy because I didn't know him at the time. He didn't know me at the time. We ended up bumping into each other later on when I started doing another venture. But Cobb was somebody who was just. He was a good person, man. Yeah. He was just a really good person. If you were in Greenfield Plaza, you knew Cobb. Okay. Right, right. Period. Yeah. And how did you get introduced? To, you got introduced to Cobb through Ronnie? Through through Tyron. Yeah. And um, how I ended up developing my own relationship with him is, you know, at this moment, I'm seeing the studio. I'm being a part of, you know what I'm saying, certain things that Tyron was got, had going on. I went to Cobb and I asked him, I'm like, yo, I, I ain't had no job. I was working with nothing pretty much. And I'm just like, man, is there anything I can do for us? Like, I clean a studio, you know what I'm saying, if I'm just right. able to record, you know what I'm saying? And he took me up on it. He was like, all right, you keep the studio clean. You'll be able to record or whatever. And then just outside of that, you know, he'll he'll find me work. He'll, You know what I'm saying? If you need some bread in your pocket, I got, you know what I'm saying, he some people sure, that's doing something. Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I got this house over here if you really... Want to, you know what I'm saying, make some cash right quick, help me paint it, help me, you know what I'm saying? Right, it, right, it was right. really like Basically that. Basically, like trying to keep you off of the streets. Keep me off yeah, of the streets, absolutely. you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, and I like I like people like that because uh, the streets are monster. And uh, the thing about the streets is people don't realize it until they're in it. Nobody in the streets wants that life. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? Like, why you think niggas work in a old hood and then live 30 miles away because it's some type of relief driving that 30 miles mm-hmm. to, yeah, to not have to worry about it but a nigga still gotta get off five exits early to make sure a nigga ain't following them because mm-hmm. you don't want that right so you actually went to college you graduated from college what did you graduate no, I didn't graduate. oh you didn't nope nope okay I didn't so graduate. what happened? i didn't finish uh so i know you have my first mad <laughs> Pissed But No I didn't graduate uh, I did go to Western Michigan University Left there uh, Came home Was at uh, Henry Ford Community College For a second uh, Found out that the girl I was dating at the time Was pregnant My son was born Christian Orion McKenzie uh, And it's so Man it's just so crazy How things happen You know like He's at Cast Tech now. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. He's at he's at he's at Cast Tech now. And what grade are you? You freshman? Freshman. Okay, okay, okay. I don't know why my mind just automatically shot to senior. Like, yeah. no, 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 freshman. But yeah, it's it's crazy. Like me, 
I just got to get this off real quick. Me and my son had a moment yesterday. Yeah. Right. So I've been into music doing things. He's always loved music and things like that. Right. So he's been doing some production lately. Yeah. Like he's just been playing around. I haven't pushed it on him or anything. And he hit me with some beats yesterday. When I tell you, like, over the course of the last maybe, let's just say the last three years, I've probably had my hand in maybe about 50 records, right? Yeah. 50 records. My son did three beats yesterday that are, like, top 10 of all the records that I've put out, period. Yeah. And did, you, I, did, it, did you cry? Almost. Yeah, yeah. Almost. Almost. But I did make a phone call, called Stretch. I said, dog, this is... This is just unreal. It's unreal for my son to want to do something that's in my world. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? That's in my world and my lane that I that I didn't force on him, that he did on his own. And it's really incredibly good. Incredibly right. good. So mm -hmm. for me, it was a it was a powerful moment to look at my life and yesterday and just say, well, I guess what I am doing is what I'm supposed to be doing. Right, 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 right. So what you're actually doing, how do we get to Fearless Rebels? Because you said you had a bunch of ventures, and uh, Fearless Rebels been pumping since probably, what, about 2017? Yeah, 2017 is when I launched Fearless Rebels. So it starts a little bit before that, right? So um, the Fresh 100. Yeah, I remember that. Which is Fearless Rebels Effect of Street Hustle. That's what Fresh stood for. Um, that was a venture that I started in 2009. And at that point, it was a lane for me to put out my own music. Right. Right. That's what it was. Me and my homie Chris Wade, we put that together. Chris is responsible for pretty much any graphic design visual that you've seen from me over the course of the last five, ten years or so. He's responsible for that. So he's a partner of mine that I feel can't he's 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 just as much a part of this as anybody else, right? Yeah. I know he doesn't get any camera time or anything like that, but I want to make sure everybody knows Chris Wade is my dog and he's not going nowhere no time soon well he's but, invited to come up if you want to tell his story yeah, that's yeah, not a absolutely. problem absolutely we're gonna make that saying? happen yeah that's definitely not a problem mm -hmm. but continue with yeah. what you were saying so fearless rebel i mean uh, the first 100 right that was when i started to try to put out music and um i took it seriously what was it around maybe 2015 maybe fearless rebel no uh the first 100 that was like what 2014 2015 yeah something about that so I said to myself, I said, you know, how can I help artists, right? How can I help artists actually start breaking into the music industry? So I said, you know what? I'm going to reach out to all about 10 people that I know, and I'm going to get records from these 10 people, and I'm going to help them put them in a position where they can get their music to iTunes, Google Play, and do some digital distribution for them. So I got in that process, called my boy Cario. I said, yo, Cario, I know you got some records. You know, shoot me something. He says, bro, I don't have nothing for you, but I got somebody for you. Yeah. And it was Sage. Okay. He sent me Sage's record. The record was called um, uh, Off Rip. And I was so impressed with the record right away. I called him. I said, yo, we about to get you a cover done. We about to get this to iTunes. And we about to shoot a video with Super Ray ASAP. Yeah. It was like that because it was so that, that was raw. the first record you ever heard from him. That was the first record I ever heard from Sage. Right. Absolutely. The first record I heard from him, we got a cover. We put it on iTunes. It's still on there today. And we shot a video for it right away. Yeah. Right. That was my introduction into, into uh, the Fresh 100. So I continued to work on that. Um, I would say I probably helped put out maybe about 40, 50 records as well under the Fresh 100. Uh, we put out a mixtape for him, two mixtapes for him, mm -hmm. two official singles, about three or four videos. Um but the problem that I ran into was is that I felt like I was 
trying to do too much for too many people. Right, right. and that's what I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you, like, what did you hear in his record that made you immediately want to put it out as opposed to you already working with 40, 50 records? I felt it. I felt it. So, like, you know, music is emotional. Music is a roller coaster sometimes. And I felt where he was coming from. I loved the tone. I loved the sound. I knew that he was special. Like, right. I knew he was somebody that's going to, and number one, had a love for just the music first. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. Not in it just for, oh, I'm trying to get this money. I'm trying to be braggadocious. No. He has a love for the music, and he's really, really, really good at it. But I also saw the upside. Like, I saw the potential in uh, him as he continues to grow. Okay. Now, Sage, when he called you mm-hmm. and he said, yo, I want to put this out. I want to shoot the video. I want to <laughs> do all this tomorrow. Listen, basically. Listen, hold on. Hold on. What's listen. funny is I don't think I've ever even asked him that. So I'm really interested <laughs> to hear listen. what he has to say. Yeah, about right. This. Listen, because when, when, when Cario came to me, it was like, yo, my homeboy, I sent him your music. You know what I'm saying? He hyped da, 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 So I'm just geek that somebody actually heard it. And was willing to want to, you know what I'm saying, do anything with right, it. Because right. at this point, like I said, when I was doing all the stuff at Greenfield Plaza, I learned how to work the the boards and all that other stuff. At this time, when I recorded Off Rip, I had my own equipment at the house. Yeah. Right. So I'm pretty much, at this time, I'm, I'm, I'm polished, but I'm not really dishing it out to nobody. you just so still doing it. You just, I'm just still yeah. doing it. So when I heard that he actually sent it to somebody and somebody was actually geeked about it, I'm like, yo, that's dope. So get on the phone. It's just he talking now. When when we talking, I'm still trying to pick him apart because I'm just like, okay, it was still unreal that somebody at that moment that it, somebody was actually interested in it. I was confident in my music, but you know, it was my first time going through it. You know what I'm saying? So when he called me and he he told me, oh, you want to do this, do that. I mean, the numbers just start going through my head. It's like, all right, I, we we got to pay for this, we got to pay for that. You know what I'm saying? But. I mean, at the end of the day, we 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 got it done, and you know what I'm saying, just kicking it with him or whatever. I could tell he was solid, and we we just been running ever since after that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Right yeah. now, the question I have for you is: Did you do that for him? Because at one point, you wish someone would do that for you. Of course, yeah, yeah. Of that course. was actually my my question. But my other question was: Have you ever told him you appreciated him for that? Facts, all the yeah. time. And I, I said that because sometimes people think people supposed to do that, right? And it's like, I mean, no, I didn't bro. get that feeling. No, from not, him. From not, him. not from you. Right, yeah, right, right. Yeah, people yeah, I know people think like people supposed to do that, and it's like, no, like everything me and my brother do that we do for other people is because we just wish somebody did it for us, bro. You feel what I'm saying? Facts. We live by a motto. I want for my brother what I want for myself. So that means like, okay, I got a platform. It was times when we were artists that we just wanted to be on somebody's platform. You feel what I'm saying? So but we don't turn down. We no don't turn interviews. down no interviews. I don't care if you just start making pancakes yesterday and you feel like you're gonna be the best pancake maker. Facts. Come up here and talk about it. Because I know, who am I to say it's good or not? Right. <laughs> you feel right. what I'm saying? Facts. Every everything that I can honestly say this. Everything that I've done and everything that I have my hands in. So many people have no idea. Right. Um, we play behind the scenes a lot, too, so we actually absolutely. definitely understand. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? And absolutely. It's, it's a good feeling, but then it's a like, nigga, you like such and mm-hmm. such, nigga. But then it'd be like, I don't really even got to say that because mm-hmm. it's not about me. Absolutely. It's about this record at this moment in time and the cream go rise to the top. And I'm going to still have the same satisfaction. But I learned helping. that. Yeah. I learned. I learned my position. That's the thing for me. 
Because like I said, I used to rap. Yeah. I wanted to be the rapper. I wanted to be on stage. But I had a situation that happened that got a little real. And I realized this ain't for me because I'm not for the bullshit. So right. when I had a situation that kind of happened and somebody had to squash it because you like I also live by this code, right? If I ain't fucking with you, don't fuck with me. Yeah, never trouble, mm-hmm. trouble till trouble, trouble. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Don't yeah. fuck with me. But if you fuck with me, then we're going to take it there. Yeah. And it's just going to be like that. And then I realized, I said, like, I can't live like that. Yeah. Because, like, doing disc records and all of that shit, I've never been about that. Yeah. I'm going to be like, what's up? I'm at yeah. the crib. What, what, you got yeah. a problem with me? It's yeah. popping. Yeah. Oh, but you can get the smoke if you want it. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You want right, it, you can get the smoke. You, yeah. you know, I feel a certain way about disc records, right? Because I feel like I understand disc records for the sport, right? Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> excuse me. If I'm in LA and I'm dissing on Sage and it's like really lyrical, it is, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But yeah. like, if we in Detroit and it get personal, we exactly. gotta take it there. It's a exactly. different, it's yeah, a different style like of disc records. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? I don't like, really like that because at the end of the day, if Especially if it's a situation that got started through music, yeah, yeah, I don't that's what see I'm why it got to go to the streets. Yeah, but you know some people, but you know it be why? people be embarrassed, man. Yeah, they be people embarrassed. Embarrassed. egos, yeah. like yeah. egos here be crazy, yeah. man. So it's the ego which is the enemy. That's true, right? So the ego will fuck you up uh, all, the all the time. But I feel like the the thing is that people think that. People should like me more, more than, than they you. like you. Right. You feel what I'm saying? Or, yeah, so you hear my, people say that. If like, my disc record hit harder than yours, you you so upset that people like that. But my nigga, he was going like. But it be it don't really be the artist. You heard, no, you heard people say though. Well, if they like Sage, they go love me, and you like. Yeah, they uh, even have a suggestion who you should listen to on these digital platforms and, yeah, based yeah. on and, who you listen to. And right. let me no. say, <laughs> I've never done a disc record. Yeah, and I've never actually. I don't do subliminal stuff either. So if you say something about me, yeah. then it's on and popping in real life because I've never, I've never did take, the back right, and forth. Right, 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 right. 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 That's what I'm all, my, all my subliminals definitely been about jigging. <laughs> <laughs> so jiggy, if you want to take a shot, it's the connected experience, baby. You feel what I mean? Right. Say fuck the connected experience just one time. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the award winning connected experience. Right, right, right. But so boom, you so basically. City changed your life because he showed you that it was possible that people would like 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 that people you don't know like you. Facts. See, that's the big thing with whatever your art is. Once you get one person you don't know mm-hmm. to buy a shirt to like you or to give you a listen, that's when your journey really start. Because like I'm in the middle of doing something creative right now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I just got to get this done so mm-hmm. I can get it out to one person I don't know. That's not gonna change how I feel about my creative process. Definitely not. But yeah. it's gonna show me that. People you don't know is your real support. Like I was just talking to my auntie the other day and they, they was congratulating us on winning the award because they see how hard we work. Mm-hmm. And then my auntie just told me straight up, I can't listen. And I said, well, why not? You know what I'm saying? She was like, because y'all are my nephews and y'all say shit on there that I personally didn't know about y'all. Mm-hmm. Even though like, my auntie old enough to be my older sister, she we 10 years apart, but it's still okay. a 10-year gap of shit that we had to grow and do that she mm-hmm. don't know nothing about. And she like, when I hear y'all say certain shit, I'm thinking about my little nephews. Like, what the fuck are y'all talking about? Mm-hmm. So I understood that. But like somebody that's in Australia listening, they just like, okay, this nigga talk about he just had a five song with some bitches. Like, it's, yeah. it's good content. 
until your mama hearing that shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you know, it gets you know slow after that. Yeah, you're like, whoa, so all your real support is going to come outside of... I don't even want people I talk to to support me with certain shit. I don't want people that I see every day, all day to listen to the podcast. And the reason is I talk to y'all all day. You, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I'm podcasting yeah. for y'all all yeah. day. It ain't no gimmicks. It ain't no antics. These is conversations we having all day. So you go get sick of hearing me talk. I want a motherfucker who never really, who listened to episode one and then start like, well, let me check out episode 50. Mm-hmm. Let me hear this. Yeah. Let me see what it, the growth and all of that. But if I'm talking to you every day, like, of course, he go support your music now. He he changed your life with music. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So, of course, he go tell you like, but you know what to bring to him now, too. Like, Thanks. if you don't feel a certain way about a record, you don't introduce it to him, but you might let me hear a record he never heard because it's like, well, I don't know him. Here goes some fresh ears. Here goes some fresh ears. And that's how people got to do it. Whatever people out there doing, target people you don't know. Start building relationships with people you don't know. That's, they, they ain't based on nothing. Right. If you Like, see me? I got a CD player in the ride. You know what I'm saying? And I got a brand new ride. I could, I was ecstatic when I seen a CD player. Because niggas is still running up on people with CDs. You know what I'm saying? And, and right. copping them shit. And, and what they hear the most is, I ain't got no CD player in the car. Well, I got a CD player in the car now. I got one at home now. Mm-hmm. I could put your USB in. I support all of that shit. And it, but I in hopes to see you again. So I'll be like, hey, dog, you know what? Your shit would have went way farther if you would have took the time to get a cover, get that shit shrink wrapped and took it serious. Well, see, right. that's what, what you're talking about right now is... What made me uh, take a step back from actually rapping? Yeah, yeah. Because there's there's so much more that's behind on the on the actual process of getting a record out. Yeah. You know, okay, you get an artist, he goes in the studio, he gets a beat, he does the record, he gets a mix and master. But it's like, then what? Right. And see me, to me, that's not working. If you a rapper mm-hmm. and you always in the studio, to me, that's not working. That's where a rapper should be. The work begins mm-hmm. after, after the, the record. Music, music after starting line. When you say that this record is done, that's when the real work mm-hmm. begins. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of artists don't see it as that. Mm-hmm. It's because they feel entitled. Like, you could have took this same situation where you found somebody who liked your record, wanted to change your life, wanted to do everything that he wanted somebody to do for him, that you wanted somebody to actually do for you, and you could have tried to take total advantage of that mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's what we see in a lot of the, this goes on whatever whatever type of music or whatever once somebody interested in somebody they try to take advantage of the person who who's interested right. and that's where it's a lot of losses at I like, think but I think that uh come from two things right it come from their moral standpoint and it come from where they at in their life right so say I just put out there shit I got a million dollars I'm gonna spread it between 10 artists right I'm going to get a million uh, submissions, right? Some of the music will be good. Some of the music will be bad. But I'm not even looking for the music. I'm looking for the person who I want to invest in because we can make the music what we want. But it's going to be somebody who don't got shit. Like, I need that $100,000. I'm willing to cut everybody throwed in here. And that's not a lot of money when it comes to music. That shit going in mm-hmm. four months if you really pushing it. So it's really depending on people's circumstances, their moral compass. Some people cut those. They look at people for what they can get from them. You feel what I'm saying? Uh, so that's why me personally... When I do business with people, I, I don't look at their business relationships. I look at some personal relationships also. You know what I mean? I really look at your relationship if you have children with your kids. If you ain't there for your kids, I can't trust you uh, n- no percentage because, uh, nigga, I'm nothing. I'm uh, not yeah, a part yeah. of you. Right. You understand Absolutely. what I'm saying? So how did you take Fresh 100 to Fearless Rebels? So um, I was uh, I was I was up one day and I was working. And um, 
I said, you know, I need another, I want another artist to work with too. And I said to myself, you know what, if I pick an artist that I want to work with, it's got to be somebody that I already, you know, admire. Yeah. Right. So I jumped in Stretch DM. Yeah. I said, yo, Stretch, I want to work with you. Let's make something happen. He tapped right back with me. Yeah. Back. Let's, ha- let's make it happen. So I got on the road with him, um, him, Crane, uh, Brandon. We started to do things for Stretch's album, uh, Time is Money. Okay. And I would say maybe about five, six months in, I'm like, you know what? I think I want to. I want to bring some fashion into this. Like, I want to, you know, fashion and music have always kind of gone hand in hand. They dictate each other. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So I was looking at the, I was kind of looking at the the, the lay of the land and I was saying to myself, you know, well, there's definitely some room for me to come in and do what I want to do and and create some things. So I didn't want to stray too far. So it was Fresh 100, Fearless Rebels, Effective Street Hustle. So I said, bet, the clothing going to be called Fearless Rebels. Right. So... Uh, I put everything together, did my first launch. Um, shout out to Stone, who shot the first uh, couple promo videos that we did. Uh, did my first launch in July of 2017. Uh, pre-launch, I got with my boy DJ TJ. Uh, with not DJ, his name is TJ. DJ, uh, it is DJ TJ. Um, so we get together, we do a mixtape just for some promotional usage, right. just to kind of get the things going. Uh, and then I did my first launch. Did very well. Um, so the mixtape you're speaking of is that was the uh, unafraid, uh, unafraid, yeah. of success, unafraid of success. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So when when you putting together this mixtape because you launching the lifestyle brand, right? absolutely. Like, so you see it in your head and you like absolutely. The music plays just as big as part as the clothing with mm-hmm. this launch. How did you implement the mixtape in the actual cl- the the design of the clothing and stuff like that? So I did everything online. Um, I made it so that the only way you could listen to the mixtape was on the Fearless Rebels website. Okay. So when you go to Fearless Rebels, you see the clothing, you see the music, you see the videos, you see everything that's kind of going on. You get an understanding of the lifestyle and the brand. So I did that till about October of 2017. And then I realized, I said, wait a minute, I think I got something here. So I said, you know, let me take a step back. Let me let me rework this. Let me get some photos done. Let me up the brand a little bit. Let me create some new things. And then I put that together with my boy Stone, Stretch, Sage, Sierra, Chris. We all got together and we did a big uh, photo shoot. When I relaunched the brand, it got popping. Yeah. Like it got popping. Everybody was seeing stretching it in all his videos. They're seeing me in it out and about. People are walking up to me. They're asking me questions. Man, now, I just, let me stop you right there. I don't yeah. want to cut you off, but okay. So by you being so West Side, so schoolcraft, yeah. What made you actually reach out to Stretch? Because it, like that, that it, it was a great move because yeah. it's gonna pull way more people in than the normal people that's around you. But like, what was it about Stretch that you was like, it gotta be him? It was a personal move. Yeah. I used to listen to Stretch driving to Western. Yeah. I didn't know Stretch at the time. Right. But I knew him through his music. So when I when I got a chance to actually work with him, we started realizing like we're the same person from two different sides of town. Right. right. That's it. We we just we didn't force anything. It's like we just started working together. Right, right. right. You, so you yeah. just was like 
I want to build a relationship because I, I remember you saying that you wanted to work with somebody you admired. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And it, it and it take a lot for a businessman, especially in our line of businesses, to be like, yo, I look up to that. I admire that. So mm-hmm. I want to build on to that a lot. It, it wasn't no hate. You know what I'm saying? I Not just at want, all. You know what I'm saying? And I just want to know why you pick Stretch because in our time frame, because we 37, mm-hmm. you 34. So for, mm-hmm. for sure for y'all, but like. Stretch had the shit on lock. Tone had the shit on lock. Mm-hmm. Deezy had the shit on lock. That was like three summers. Like, yeah. like, like you know, Stretch Money, Tone, Tone, and Deezy. Yeah, that, that was, was like three summers. And, and then everybody that, else started right. to and come. And when we say on lock, we mean like oh, on, on lock. lock. Like, like this when radio played a yeah. factor. Because you got to think about the time that we in right now. Like we don't have to hear radio. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like back then to hear somebody go from. Uh, a bonus record on the top eight at eight to six weeks later they at the top of the top eight at eight and there's mm-hmm. three Detroit songs battling for that like that that was a time that we had never get back and yeah. now looking back it meant so much like you know was, what I'm saying he was my favorite Detroit rapper right yeah, so right. if I'm gonna try to build and try to get something going I'm gonna reach out to the people that I look up to admire listen to yeah. actually listen to yeah, yeah. so yeah. now you talk about a it. relaunch so this is a, a crazy question. It's not really crazy, but because you're in fashion mm-hmm. and your mate plays a really big role in mm-hmm. fashion, she is so trendy. Like Absolutely. she know what's next. I got to get it. And I her. actually ordered some stuff from Trinkets and such from her before for my wife. You know what I'm saying? Let, so let I me just do this real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Dacia Mitchell, Trinkets and such, trinketsandsuch.com. Make sure you go check it out. As soon as possible, and it's good shit. Like this is, yeah, I, you yeah, know, what I'm saying yeah. I order some of yeah. this. Now, how did she assist you in the launch? And I say this because, like I said, I've been married for twelve years, mm-hmm. and when you with somebody and y'all, it, me and my wife, not into the same thing. Like we totally not. But she support every single thing I do, mm-hmm. and I guarantee you, like if it launched, she was the first person I told. You feel Absolutely. what I'm saying? Anything me and my brother launched, like, babe, what you think about this? Absolutely. But I always ask her this, though. What you think about this if we weren't together and you didn't know me? Right? Because, <laughs> of course, she wanted to mm-hmm. blow because she reaped the benefits of that. Right? Mm-hmm. But what if this wasn't mine? Right? Would you think this was dope? You feel what I mean? Absolutely. And it, it, it straight, it go all the way back to when we were doing music because when we were, I had been doing music <laughs> Years before I met my wife, but when, when me and my wife was together is when me and my brother put out our best music. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? And I used to be like, well, what you think about this? You know, so she in the, uh, electronic media. So we were shooting. Uh, it's called The Process. Mm-hmm. We, we and, did and, and, no, we were shooting Interstate Identical. Because yeah, because we that going, was the first. That, that was, was a web series, right? It was a long time ago. It's yeah, called yeah, Interstate, Interstate Identical because the name of our group was Identical. Okay. And we was going so many places. So it was Interstate Identical. We, we always on Interstate yeah, Identical. Identical yeah, yeah. So we would take the camera everywhere we go and we would bump into people camera and too. then yeah. we would take it back to her. She would edit it up, right? Because it's like, this shit blow, like, why wouldn't I give you a job? You know, the music industry, fashion, Hollywood, it's some creep-ass niggas. The last thing you want is your wife or girl to have to depend on somebody else for a job in Absolutely. that industry when you doing the same shit. And, like, it was so dope, right? Interstate Identical. And then it's like, we started doing shit and be like, well, you want to just... You want to just film it? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But that's what she did because somebody was going to have to film it anyway. But what I'm saying is, like, how does she play a part in that relaunch? Because the the thing is, she used to be a buyer. Mm-hmm. She know what's going to hit. She mm-hmm. know, like, like seasons. Like, seasons. Like, even people with don't on. know about how clothes actually work. By the time you seeing it on somebody, that was at the Magic Show. That was six, at months, six ago. months ago. Mm-hmm. And so fashion is six months in advance for people 
the the streets. Like so when, basically, what type of what type of conversations do y'all have about that? Like so when you when you putting stuff together. Here's how it pretty good pretty much goes. I create something, I show it to her. She likes it or she doesn't, and she's gonna tell me. Yeah, yeah. If you know Daisha, she's gonna say, mm, "That's whack," or "Oh, that's fresh. I like that." Yeah, and. She kept hitting me, with, hitting me with, that's fresh. I like that. Yeah. So I just kept it going. Right. And then outside of that actually being your girl, you can trust her word because this is what she do. Absolutely. <laughs> like, Absolutely. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. just the thought of somebody. It's kind of like a, a cheat code. Yeah, yeah. That's what, you feel what I'm saying. Because, yeah. mm-hmm. like, uh, when we worked together and she was the women's buyer, I could tell you this, right? It was tight up there with the buying because they didn't have mm-hmm. a final say. You know, Ty, my nigga, uh, Ty Mopkins, that's my motherfucking brother. But he, him and Deja just didn't have a final say. Mm-hmm. But they would show me shit that didn't get bought. And then we are looking like this was the shit that they wanted. So it's like when you see somebody, like I always say I worked with the best three buyers in the city, which would be Rob, my nigga RJ, mm-hmm. Deja, and tie because they had the foresight and you gotta have that mm-hmm. you feel what i'm saying when people putting shit together and you looking at something for the winter time in the middle of the summer yeah and then once something hit everybody doing the same shit yeah, yeah, you feel yeah. especially like when them biker jeans hit you had to be on that two buys ago because once it hit every yeah, company yeah, doing yeah, it yeah, yeah. You so know how do you saying? actually avoid the, the trends like because i'm a classic fashion type of guy like you know what i'm saying like i'm chuck taylor's over chuck taylor's and top tens over anything i'm black jeans like but then like what you got on with the spikes like that type of stuff like that'll stand out to me so i'll be like let me grab this but i might not whip that bitch out till next year to when so, the spikes is out you know what i'm saying i am 110 percent anti-trend right yeah. I don't create, okay, so let me say it this way, right? I noticed that a lot of uh, uh, brands that are in the same bracket or in the same lane as me or in the same, you know, level as me right now, right? A lot of people do things like, all right, these J's coming out, so let me put this together. This coming out, let me put this together. I'm completely the but opposite that's of that. that's because they're pressing that shit in the back of their store. Yeah, I'm <laughs> completely opposite of that. Everything comes from my 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 mind. Like, I've I've mastered the art of, I see something and then I figure out how to make it tangible. I figure out how to make it real. Like, yeah. so that's for me what I do that's different than what a lot of people might just be thinking like Fearless Rebels going to be this, going to be that. No, you don't know what you're about to get from Fearless Rebels. Right. You don't know what we're coming out with next. You don't know how it's going to work. Um, I know right now the Fearless Win More collection, nobody can touch it. Yeah. And when, when do that drop? So, I'm still working on a date. I don't have an official date yet. Okay. Um, because it is something that's not trendy. Yeah. You so say it's I fear can, more, win less? No, no. Fear less. Fear less, win, win more. Fear less, win Yeah. So we basing this collection off of uh, the uh, uh, Bad Boys Championships from the Pistons, win yeah. more. We basing it off of the Red Wings Championships, win more. So, you know, that's kind of the land that I'm in, which is, pretty much timeless you know so when it does you know it's available uh you'll be able to cop it yeah and it's gonna be on and you actually mastered the art of pop-up shops talk about how pop-up shops worked for you and your favor yeah so man um my first pop-up shop i did with 313 shout out to clem yeah we gotta um, get him on too yeah like shout good out to brother. Clem. i used to work downtown uh right down the street from it he had come in we was we had just chop it up yeah this actually back when we first started to connect it experience and we used to just talk all the time and just because you know 
it's some sharks out there. And most of these companies owned by Jews and mm-hmm. Germans and stuff like that. And you catch a black owned one and he putting everything into it and what he got. You got to support and that. When, when, he, when he was downtown and they drove, drove that uh, truck through the uh, yeah, yeah. glass, mm-hmm. I was so upset because it's like, my nigga. Why we doing this to our why, why we, why, First of all, why we doing this? Because you own Jefferson. As soon as that thing go off, they own your ass. You only go get a few shirts or something. Like, you wasting time. But then, why? You know this black owned. You, you know, know it. Because you done been in here. To know to <laughs> drive the truck through here. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I, I just was, you know, uh, I was embarrassed for whoever did that because it's like, my nigga, you a real low life. And mm-hmm. low life don't got no dollar amount on it because I don't give a fuck if you was rich doing that. Like you a real low life mm-hmm. because you know he's gonna have to rebuild this. Absolutely, you feel what I'm right. saying? And just working for them companies, I know when I used to work for Villa and yeah. them niggas hit that window, nigga, that shit might be ten thousand dollars to get somebody to come out that day, and they ain't even glassing it; they just boarding it up to so you can open mm-hmm. or fix the gate. You feel what I'm saying? So back to the pop up shop. Your first pop up shop Absolutely. was at three thirteen. Uh, so yeah, first pop up shop was at three thirteen. Um, sold out in four hours. Yeah, that was my. Now, did you anticipate to sell out at all? Yes. Okay. Okay. So, um, <laughs> so you wasn't surprised. You know, you no, know, like, I, w- like... I wasn't surprised because, like, think about the whole conversation that we've had. Listen to all the building. You know, yeah, what I'm yeah, yeah. Been, right, right. Been so a lot yeah, of building. Yeah. So I don't, I don't put myself in a situation where I'm surprised that it sells out. I put myself in a situation where. It should sell out. Right. Okay. Now, let me ask you this leading up because we throw events and stuff like that. Like Mm -hmm. your anxiety or your nervousness level just before to me, once the doors open or whatever, then I can relax because I like the the planning more than I actually the the actual event or whatever is about the other people. I like the planning. So it's always something that go wrong in the planning process. And when something go wrong in the planning process to me, the closer to me, the more successful I know the event go be. So for me, um, you know, as far as when the event is taking place, uh, my hands are tied in it from the moment of conception, right. the moment of the thought of actually doing it until the event is over. So my thoughts process in the entire time is, you know, making it successful, making sure that it's happening. The first conversation that I had with Clem when when I got to the store that day and I'll, I'll never forget this. I was like, man, you know what? It's about to be a good day. And he said, you know what? I feel it. Right, right. right and it was right. a great day. Right. So I don't never really get nervous yeah. because I'm too I'm working too much to even have the the feeling of the nerves. Yeah. So see, but that's what drives me is the feeling yeah. of the nerve. Because okay, just to put it like this, like street situations don't make me nervous. Women don't make me nervous. Like mm-hmm. you, you you feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. None of that stuff that make like people nervous make me nervous. Like the nervousness for me be like all right, it's on. Like, because we've been mm-hmm. doing this since we was kids. And I understand when you say from the moment of conception, like we conceptualize the uh, the connected experience, us winning an award in our head. And I give a better example. I said to my brother, uh, once we knew he was nominated, right? I said to him, because it's a brand new uh, paper. It's a brand new newspaper in Inkster called the Inkster Reader. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I was like, bro, we should try to reach out and we should try to buy this or we should try to invest in this, right? And then I said, but you know what? When we come back, from winning our award, we go contact them and, so they can run a story on us because now we got an actual story. Because we are we, from Inkster. Because we from Inkster. So, like, mm-hmm. this this is a brand new paper. This is a great look for a brand new paper to have a hometown story like this in it. So, we got back and uh, I was planning on contacting the young lady, like, later on this week. We got back. She hit us up. 
You mm. feel what I'm saying? So you put it in the universe, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that. And I said all of that to say, like, people gotta you everything you want, you put in the universe. Have when to. you when you when no good and bad though, or what people perceive to be mm-hmm. good and bad. Like you, like man, these bitches ain't shit. And then you meet you a bitch, and so guess what? That day you met that bitch after you said bitches ain't shit. That's what you was blessed with. You know what I'm saying? Right. I just look at everything as a blessing, though. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because. I wouldn't be who I am if one thing would have went right at a particular time in my life. Each time in my life when I wanted something so bad, if that one thing would have went right, I probably wouldn't be sitting. None, none of us would be sitting right. here. So Stepping stones. Yeah. So the nervousness is just the, like I say more anxiety, the excitement gotcha. of putting everything together because yeah. all the shit that will make a nigga nervous normally, I like, I'm go fucker. I'm go get the money. I'm go handle my business, whatever I got to. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But that part of it, I think is because it's coming from conception. You once you've been saying? in a situation, and I can, this is just me speaking to this. You know, once you've been in a situation or have been in a situation where your life is on the line. A lot of shit just, it just yeah, yeah yeah it don't it don't even a lot of yeah. shit just doesn't be it's just a cakewalk yeah it's yeah, a cakewalk yeah, from that yeah, yeah, yeah it's a cakewalk yeah, from yeah, that so like, once, I mean I mean I can actually pinpoint like my situation and shit like so we was like seventeen yeah. and shit we we probably yeah we was eleventh grade and we was like at war with niggas but you know that's just no, what no, it, it was, is. it was it was we was out of high school okay so we probably eighteen by turn nineteen because yeah. it was uh, September yeah and we just at war with niggas and it is what mm-hmm. it is and uh, they ain't no harder than us we ain't no harder than them we shooting at each other. On mm-hmm. like a every three day basis, it's just, it's just that that's we see each other at the store at the local bar. Nobody's supposed to be in the bar. We all in there. Whoever get outside first, it is what it is. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And then one day I'm just on the phone and I'm talking to my little. You had gave your life to Jesus that Sunday. <laughs> That's back what I believe to Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you feel me? I'm like, man, I'm, I'm on the phone and shit. I, my girl was still in high school at the time, so I'm trying to talk to her before it's time for her to get off the phone and mm-hmm. shit. And I'm sitting on the couch and shit. It's a Monday night football and shit. And I'm like, man, something telling me, like, sit on the floor. Like, why are you sitting on the couch? You feel what I'm saying? As soon as I sat on the floor, nigga, pop, 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 bullets all through the crib. You feel what I'm saying? <laughs> and ever since then, it's like, oh, this shit a cakewalk. I, Listen, got, I mean, my man came out the, uh, my, my big brother, he came out the back. He, he, cause I was laying on the ground, so he don't know if I'm it or not. So he let some shots off and shit. This all, I'm 37. This is damn near 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. So my man let some shots off and shit. I, I pop, I show, you know, I'm tight. You feel what I'm saying? And the shit just ultimately died out. And that's why I say like we was at war. Like nobody from nobody's side died. No casualties, you know? right. feel what I'm saying? Listen, let me, let me just say this. Let me just say this. That was nobody but God that went to your head, bro. Listen, yeah, but I guess. I'm at, listen, I I'm said at, Jesus though because I don't think Jesus is God now. So when he said that, he was saying like in that, real life, that, he, he did get saved the day before in yeah. real life. Yeah, because I'm just saying if I'm at the house, bro, nothing <laughs> in my mind would tell me to get off the couch and sit <laughs> on the floor. Right, you and know that's what, what I'm saying. So I'm like, let that's me sit dope, on the floor bro, and dope. shit. You feel what I'm saying? But ever since that moment, like really everything has been a cakewalk, right. and it's like mm-hmm. even when we was like. Where another person we had caught like a a big case and shit and well two back to back uh but like our second one when we caught together when other people would be nervous like I just had explained to my brother one time like don't even trip like I I, I spoke this into existence like last time we was in the courtroom I said this so we we ain't even got shit to worry about right, right. you feel what I'm saying so it's like it's a cakewalk like. Other niggas were stressed about this. I'm like, this is it's nothing not, because nothing. I said like and people got to hear these stories of you, of a uh, uh, city sage, our stories because people going through this same shit right now. We just grew up. Mm-hmm. We just in our 30s. It's a 19 year old nigga who going to war right now who might be listening. You know what I'm saying, bro? If you make it through the war, 
you were supposed to make it through the war. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you put the you, guns down. Oh, for sure, for no, sure. Don't put the don't guns put them down. Stop killing each other. Stop killing yeah. each other. Keep yeah, the guns for, for, for protection of the of the, of the community. Right. You Absolutely. feel what I'm saying? We had uh we had Peanut up here from BMB. And he said some sl- some smooth shit. He said most times people use pride for the wrong thing. You right. use pride to save face. If we use pride for, for protection, protection, then everything would turn out different. So don't Absolutely. put the guns down, but use them guns to protect and insulate protect what's yourself. ours. Fact. You Absolutely. feel what I'm saying? Right. Protect our neighborhood, not from each other, because we, look, we can kill each other all we want. Them houses still gonna get bought up. Period. You feel what I'm saying, and 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 it's moving that way. You Y'all know, making them houses cheaper exactly. by us killing each other. Absolutely. We making them houses cheaper. So buy them houses, buy all of that. It make and build, build that shit up. up. And, you and feel what I'm saying? The police or or none of that shit ain't coming to communities where they know they protected. Yeah. Like if they know that Sage makes sure his neighborhood is taken care of, they spend less time there because we don't want a problem with who protect a community. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because people who pay taxes, I don't know if you really know this, but the police work for you. Like anybody who got health insurance and you go to the doctor, the doctor works for you. Anytime you reach in your pocket and pay somebody, that person works for you, no matter the situation. So when you go cash out on a car, that 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 salesman works for you. So don't ever look at it a different way. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? People think that, oh, the doctor must be right because it is. No, bro, you can say whatever you want to this doctor because you're paying him. Or you're like, I got into a big altercation with a doctor when my daughter was about to be born because I just told him straight up, I want to catch my baby. I don't want a white man being the first person that touched my black daughter and like we got into it and i said hey look bro once she take a breath you work for her because i got her insured so guess what you won't be doing whatever bonus you get for give for being a doctor you won't get that this time hey i don't want him nowhere near when my wife had her baby Peace. you know what i'm saying yeah. and yeah, boom you out of there and so I had I didn't forget about it, but like so when I got there and we was about to have a baby, uh, the, the the lady who was delivering the baby put me to the side. Was like she about to come out, touch her head. So I was the first person to ever touch my baby, and they respected that more than the white male doctor did because he don't think black fathers should be there. You mm-hmm. feel what I'm saying? Because he said, "Oh, well, fathers don't matter." I said, "Well, if you got kids, you matter to yours." Oh, you were saying black fathers don't matter? Like you thought we was up in this bitch on some Medicaid or something, my nigga? <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that, but that's what Man, you thought. You know, listen, what I'm that's saying? a whole nother conversation. <laughs> yeah. Like for real. I mean, I, you know, I went to Gross Point Academy uh, oh, okay. for uh, from first to uh, sixth grade. So uh, and I played golf. So I grew up a young black kid playing golf was real good dealing with that particular community. And I can remember and speak to a whole bunch of stuff that happened that, you know, you just don't have, they don't have the perspective. You know what I'm saying? They don't have the perspective. They don't have the understanding of why it's so important for you to be the first person to touch touch your daughter and not them. They just don't have it. Yeah, yeah, because they don't, because you're not going to be there, buddy. And that's how they see it. But, you know, you was dead wrong, white man. And, uh, you know what I'm saying? I was (laughs) the first person to touch my daughter. Yo, if I knew his name, I'd call him out because I guarantee that that ain't the first person that he tried to play like that. I'm probably the first rebel that he came across that fought back. You know what I'm saying? You know what's crazy, though? Like, I didn't even say that. There's no question. I mean, I mean, it was no question in my mind. Like, oh, excuse me. Like, I, you feel me? Yeah, what's up? Like, I stood up. Like, I stayed asleep. My first daughter, like the whole time until they was like, she coming. You know, I was. Well, but conscious. I was more prepared. Because yeah, because I'm conscious. They like, oh, she coming. Excuse me. You feel mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You feel me? And I looked. Oh, she looked just like my mama. We look, we all. You feel mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But what's next, man? Before we get out of here, what's next? So what's next? Um. 
we got it coming up, man. We me me and Stretch uh, are officially launching um, Rebel Nation the label. That's a, that's a exclusive. We don't have exclusives. Very exclusive. Um, exclusive. <laughs> let me explain to y'all the importance of what we're doing. Um, we have built hella relationships okay. um, throughout the music industry, locally and nationally. Uh, and we are doing this so that we can put people in a position to actually be able to branch off into the music industry. Now, what I mean by that is, is that um, that's not just putting out a song. That's not doing, you know, just a, a music video and slapping it on YouTube. That's understanding how to financially benefit from the music that you are putting out. There are so many people out there that are dropping music and putting songs out. But I can guarantee you one thing. They're they're not getting the money back that they should be getting right. from those particular songs that they're putting out. So uh, the label is going to be very specific. Uh, Sage, of course, is going to be the first artist uh, that is signed to the label officially uh, and his album. Uh, we really just finished it, what, like two days ago? Yeah. Yeah, we just finished the album. Uh, it's going to be a movie, um, you know. So I, I don't want to give any titles or anything away, you know, just yet about that. But okay. uh, we're going to be looking for, you know, some young DJs to start uh, getting some music out into the city. Uh, we're going to be looking for uh, some young producers who actually can get these beats and get these records and get paid for this stuff. Um, graphic designers, uh, anybody, uh, management, you know, we want to create some opportunity for the younger generation to understand that the music business is so much bigger than being an artist. Right. You know what I'm saying? We want you to understand that in this particular game, there's a lot of ways to get money, but it's, you know, 30% music, 70% business. Okay, and right before we get out of here, you said in this particular game, right? Uh, this is a business. Absolutely. Right? And I stopped referring to it as a game so people could take it more serious. serious. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, I worked out, I, I had the opportunity in my life to be around some very high level people in the fashion business and the retail business. I'm talking like owners. Of the, Absolutely. They never refer to it as a game. They take it super, super serious. And I want our artists, managers, people who start labels in their neighborhood and become like a Master P or a, mm -hmm. a Brian Williams or Uncle Luke. Those guys took it serious like a business, so we should take it more serious Absolutely. to keep their legacy going. We wish you all the best, brothers. Y'all put y'all uh, uh, socials out yeah, there. Yeah, uh, Instagram and Twitters and everything. Uh, S-A-G-E. Uh, my Instagram is the underscore sage underscore show. Uh, that's Instagram. And Facebook is sage the greatest. So you can uh, check everything out for Rebel Nation, Fearless Rebels, Sage, Stretch Money, uh, you can contact me on Instagram. It's fearless underscore rebels. Uh, you can also reach out to the uh, Rebel Nation page, which is Rebel Nation TL for Rebel Nation the label. That's all on Instagram. Uh, the website is up, running, and available if you want to take a look and see what we have going on. That's going to be rebelnationtl.com. Check it out right now. Uh, send me some information. Let me know what you're looking to do. If you're an artist, if you're a DJ, uh, you know, we're definitely here to help out. This is for Detroit. We want to see y'all prosper and be successful. Uh, and, and, and as far as a game, I just want to say when I say game, I mean, it's a chess game. The game is you got to be more than four steps ahead and you got to understand where you need to be 
but there's ways you got to do things to get there. You're not just going to drop an album, put out a song and then be successful from it. You got to build a team. You got to have a unit. You got to have strategy. You got to have all these things in place to make it happen. So one thing I want to say for sure, if you're not serious, don't waste your time because it's going to take everything out of you to really take it there and take it to that level, period. I'm SJ. I'm AJ. How can I get in contact with you? Uh, TCE Pod on Instagram and Twitter. TCE Pod on Instagram and Twitter. What if they want to jump on the show? What if they want to hit us to tell us how they don't like the show? What or if they want to? They love it. And they want to <laughs> congratulate us. They might want to congratulate us. Uh, PR at TCOHH dot org. PR at TCOHH dot org. I'm SJ. I'm AJ. I want for my brother what, what I, I want, want for myself. myself.